Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. It's the Keith Walsh podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast yeah. Brimful of Asher on the 45 It is episode 45 of the Keith Walsh Podcast You're very welcome along Oh, damn That's not a good start I just dropped a thing. How are we all doing? What's going down? Um, it is, as I said, episode 45. It is the Keith Walsh podcast. You're very welcome along. Uh, and it is the 28th of December. Um, and I hope you enjoyed your Christmas. I hope you're looking forward to New Year. And I hope uh, everything went smoothly. You didn't fall out with any of your family members. And if you did, it was for a good reason. And you feel better afterwards. And uh, yeah, I hope you didn't overindulge and if you did that you uh, enjoyed it and don't feel bad about it don't be beating yourself up over it relax that's what's supposed to happen over christmas okay me i had too many celebrations and they've got chocolate and they're milk chocolate and i'm not supposed to have dairy not not supposed to but i decided a long time ago never to eat dairy again but there you go i decided a lot of things uh i've gone back to the non-dairy lifestyle now it was it was look come on guys it was two three days I'm better now. I'm back on the wagon. Right, it is time for episode 45. I've mentioned that three times now. And it is me chatting to Moontor. Yes, a teacher. Uh, don't switch off yet. Moonshore Ray. You know Moonshore Ray. He is, um, it says here on uh, on RT, on the, the RT, RT News app. Meet the Moontory from Homeschool Hub. Ray is one of the Moon Tories from uh, Homeschool Hub. When lockdown happened, RTE uh, quickly jumped into action and put together a, uh, a school on telly. Uh, I think it was just for an hour every day. Um, and they brought in three teachers, Kleena, Ray and John. Kleena, Ray, August, John. Um, Kleena, a primary school teacher, and uh, she graduated from Maynooth. Ray... Uh, John first, I should say John Sharpson, uh, student at St. Patrick's College and uh, is a teacher. He has been on RT Junior's Bright Sparks, the Today Show with Moore, Pop Goes the Weekend. Um, also, uh, Kleena was a, has been on stage and screen and productions such as Afric on Troll, Rail Teen, How to Do Everything in Tiernan and Oak. So these people are experienced. Ray, who is my guest today on episode what number? Yes, well done, 45. Uh, is a primary school che- teacher from Donnerail in County Cork. He graduated with a professional master's in education from Mary I, 
Mary Immaculate College, Limerick 2019. Previously, Ray has worked with RT Jr. as an actor and a puppeteer and has, uh, has further background in educational theatre for young people. So that is Ray. Ray Cudahy is a man of many hats. He wears different hats. Uh, he'll explain how he ended up going uh, back to become to train as a teacher. But he was a puppeteer. He is um, he's into his music. He's got a radio show on Spin. Um, he is, uh, I think, he had his own record label or worked for a record label called Wingnut Records. I'm not sure what his involvement exactly in that was. Big uh, fan of uh, hip hop in Ireland um, and other lots of other kinds of music as well. Um, he's a very interesting character and it was great for him to agree to come on the podcast. We got to talk about everything from, obviously, we talked about the school hub. We talked a little bit about um, his involvement in, in music in Ireland and we went on then to talk about uh, a little bit about um, school and a bit of corporal punishment, a little bit about RTE and um, young peoples and all the good stuff that came out of that. Started talking with Ray, uh, Ray Darcy and The Den. Not really Ray Darcy, but just The Den and uh, Zig and Zag. Um, and we just got into the sort of hip-hop side of things and the musical side of things and the influence they had on a certain generation. And it explains a lot of things. It's very interesting. Uh, the people that they worked with, including DJ Mech from Scary Air. Um, and, uh, yeah, just... This chat just went all over the place and it was very enjoyable. Um, what were we talking about at the end there? Oh, something good. I'll get to it. I'll get to it afterwards. I'll be back uh, after this interview with Ray Cudahy, Moonshore Ray, uh, with all the extra bits of information that I've forgotten to give you now. Uh, do If you enjoy the podcast, do tell your friends about it. Do rate and review the podcast uh, and give us a five-star rating. That'd be great. And uh, anything, anything at all, give us something. You can uh, donate to the podcast. There's a little contributor, F, contributor link in the description of the podcast. And uh, if you want to get involved, tell me something about yourself. If you feel like you should be on the podcast, you've got a good story. KeithWalsh.Walsh at gmail.com or KeithWalshPod at gmail.com. As I said, I will be back with a little bit more guff after this interview with Moonshore Ray. It is episode, yes, very good, 45 of the Keith Walsh podcast. Enjoy! Well, record away, but I'm always on anyway. That's that's the good news. <laughs> I don't want to miss any of the gold. Uh, <laughs> Ray, how, how can I ask you a question? How would I know? Why does Wingnut Records ring a bell with me? Or have we dealt with each other before in a different capacity? No, but you might have. You see, I probably would have shown up in a, probably a bit of lists and stuff like that because Wingnut Records was a lot of things. Wingnut Records was a record shop as well. It wasn't just a record label. So we were just like a local label in Galway. But then we were also a retailer as well. We we're kind of a pop-up retailer when the when the uh, when the crash hit in two thousand and eight, and uh, we I used to sell records in a shop in Galway, and then it kind of expanded out. And I used to I turned into a kind of a retailer distributor uh, for independent labels in Ireland when um, when the crash hit and all the record shops closed. So I used to distribute to bookshops and shit like that. Like you know what I mean? So we were just all over the country. You know what I mean? So I suppose we would have shown up in like. You would have got things with lists of record shops in Galway, Kilkenny, and we would have just shown up in that, I would presume. Were you representing any bands that I might have been aware of? Like, because I would have worked on Phantom. Like, would you have been sending stuff yeah. into, into radio stations? 
I would have, but Jesus, man, I, like our stuff was very underground. Like I don't know, I don't think it even broke the phantom level. Like you know what I mean? Okay. Like, uh, we were in the permafrost. Like you know what I mean? Like it, it was, it was really weird. Hip hop and turntablism was Wingnut Records vibe. You know? Wow. So it was, uh, yeah, like it was still really neglected kind of stuff. But is, uh, yeah, I love it, man. I'll still send you stuff. I'll still send you some of the stuff that uh, that I have because it's. I still really love it. I'm very proud of the stuff we did. You know. So what what would be a good example that I, that could, people who are listening to this could could check out a good example of the type of music you were representing or trying to get out there because I know you have your own radio show as well. Uh, do you do you have a radio yeah. show or is it an online show where you play this kind of music? No, it, it's with it, it's with Spin Spin One O Three Eight and uh, who you were with as well before I believe and with Spin Southwest down in Limerick as well. So it's uh, it's lovely as provincial down the south and then in the city here in Dublin. Just started uh, broadcasting up here in Dublin uh, in the last about maybe uh, six or seven weeks. So it's lovely. And it's Irish language and Irish music. It's kind of stuff that they try to ghettoize into one show. But luckily, that's everything that I want to do because I'm just like and as like, like anything with the Irish language, then you get to do all this weird stuff, really more interesting and creative broadcasting that I suppose outside of that bubble and spin, you, you know, it's quite restrictive. But. You know what I mean? If you're given creative license, it's a it's a it's a ticket to ride. You know what I mean? What time is your show on spin? What day? It's on seven to nine on Sunday evenings. Great. Yeah. So it's so yeah. is it is it bilingual? Is it Irish English or just Irish? No, it's just Australian. Yeah. Oh, and, brilliant. Uh, but uh, yeah, the music is like but like I say, I, I'm quite a quite a bit of a music weirdo. I'm very, very passionate about Irish music, though. But um. Yeah, and going back to my label thing, I, if you if people wanted to to check out the kind of stuff that we redid, we did one that I'm particularly proud of called Flying Buttresses, which is a turntablist from Kerry, a scratch turntablist named Deviant and Naive Ted, and then there's a rapper from Galway, and his name is Sevi C, and this is I can guarantee you right now, the weirdest tripped out but most dope rap you're ever going to hear, <laughs> Flying Buttresses. It's uh, it's outrageous. I'm, I, I, I put my life, I put my reputation on it for what, for what it's worth. <laughs> Flying buttresses. Okay, cool. Flying buttresses. Yeah. I might throw in a clip of it at the end because I do a little intro and an outro, so I can throw in a clip at the end or at the start or something. We'll see. I'll just yeah, throw yeah, in yeah, for twenty it. seconds. Great, great. Um, that's fantastic. No, just when I saw Wingnut Records, I was like, hey. I've heard Wingnut Records before, but but I I don't think I've ever met you before. I, I don't think we've ever. I don't think crossed so, paths. So. No, no, no. Um, and I suppose for people that don't know who you are, uh, so we could start with this. I suppose when the lockdown happened, uh, RT were trying to do their level best to look after the kids who were at home, so they come up with the the idea of school at home. Could you tell us more about that? And, and like how it started and how you were approached. Um, and I, like, I'd imagine it was a bit hairy at the start, but anyway, you can explain, I'm sure. Yeah, well, it was, it was, it was gas, really. So um, I hear the stories now about the producer, Suzanne Kelly, that like RT was kind of like a burning building and everybody was just gr- like running out, grabbing their files and getting ready to work from home. But she was one of the producers that was running into the building going, no, no, now is when RT needs to get busy. And she's head of young people's. So she knew that I'd gone back and I'd uh, done teaching a master's. And I just qualified in September, the September beforehand. So she called me 
And she used to be joking with me and I was a producer going like, I'm not going to allow you to be a teacher. I'm going to keep you in young people's because I'm a puppeteer. I worked in young people's as well before. But then when uh, the, the, the lockdown hit, she called me and she said, you're exactly the person I need. I need to put teachers on TV. I'm going to do it. We're going to broadcast school. And I said, oh, cool, amazing, because I found myself sitting on my arse going like, I've nothing to do, you know what I mean? Because I wasn't full-time teaching, I was just subbing it at that stage. So I said, yeah, let's do it. And I said, you, you do know that Muntor uh, John and Muntor Kleena, John Sharpson and Kleena Nikisson, those are two other people that have worked in Young People's, they're qualified teachers as well. And she said, all right, get them on the phone immediately. Now, this was being scrambled together. There was a production house involved, and they were just like, yeah, these are the guys who are going to do it. And within about two weeks, we were up and running. But it was very interesting because they were just saying, how is this going to work? First of all, I'm a puppeteer. I live under the table. Like, I'm, I'm never above the table. She was just like, can we put you on screen for like 15 minutes at a time? Absolutely no way. That's not how you produce TV. And I was just like, you can. Trust me, it'll work. You know, teaching is much more interesting now than, you know, sitting down and being dictated at it's all interactive and, and it's all about using materials and resources. And, it's, and it can be slow, you know what I mean? If you put school on TV, it should be slow. It should be comforting. It should just be at a nice pace, you know? And um, so I was very confident in it. But the directors and the producers were freaking out going like, this won't work as television. And we're, like, they were very worried that they were heading for a car crash. But I was like, no. And I was like, uh, and, then, I, like and we really had to discover it as we went along. So we shot it in a classroom and we didn't realize until the morning it was being broadcast. If you cast your mind back, uh, so we were broadcasting from a classroom, just how comforting it was for kids to sit down and just be looking at a classroom and say like, wait a second, there's all this absolute pandemonium, but there's a little bit of normality here in the corner. And all it is is just an adult standing in a classroom going, all right, this is what we're going to do today. We're going to do a bit of this. So just sit back and do, do a bit of that. And if you, have, if you have a pencil and paper, sure you can do it along with me. Do you know what I mean? And, that, you know, and it, just, it just slowly rolled. You know what I mean? So it was completely different to any other television production. But it, um, but it, I, it, was, it was very organic then as well. Like, because you know, uh, the teachers were going to be themselves. There was very little performance in it, as, you know what I mean, per se. And it just slowly took off. And then quite creative as well. Because, again... Unlike any other TV production, they'd have to send me away and say, OK, so we need you to come up with a maths lesson and an Irish lesson and a science lesson for tomorrow. And like you never have that creative freedom to say, like, this is what I'm going to do, this and this and this. You know, there's normally a committee of people for that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? But now with this, it was really organic and, uh, and, and very tight and a very natural production, you know. But you, I mean, clearly they got, she got the right guy. What was the name of the producer? Just to give her 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 her, her name is Suzanne Kelly. Suzanne Kelly. Yeah. She and obviously she got, yeah. She got McCullough, and they were really good as well. They were a production company, and she got them involved. And yeah, and of course it was all socially distanced, so we were just pretty much locked into a school. So the school just turned into the production house, you know. Well, but yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously you you have a quiet confidence in your ability. I mean, you, you weren't a full time teacher, but obviously you'd, you'd done enough of it and you'd done you'd, you'd done your flying hours, as it were. So you were like, I can do this. There was no nerves or anything in the run up to it or the first broadcast or the first shoot or. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, like I, 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 I have this I have this big thing where like it's very difficult to embarrass me. You know what I mean? And like uh, so I knew just pointing a camera at me 
that I could handle myself. You know what I mean? I knew that. Uh, and plus, I've kind of you would have that familiarity with an audience when an audience is a class. You know what I mean? You like you've you're like a stand up comedian. You've tried out your material. You know what works. You know what they respond to. You know what I mean? So you know that if you throw in a little bit of information about yourself or if you build up a little story, like, I mean, a huge thing for kids was the stories. For example, I did um, uh, a, a, a class about maths, fractions, you know? So what do you do? You, like, you tell the story, say, do you know what? I'm going to half my birthday cake with the cameraman. Okay, what do I do? With, what's, a, what's a half? So, well, a half is an equal part, you know what I mean? So then all of a sudden, every kid at home is going like, oh, cool, he's having his birthday cake with the cameraman. And now what am I going to do with my 24 suites? I want to divide it up between the cameraman, the producer, and the researcher. You know what I mean? And then they buy into that. They're just like, all right. And then you, like, you hear stories of five-year-olds coming up to the, to the... They're like, you're the cameraman? You got half the birthday cake. You know what I mean? The story's going. So like, it's true what you said. The research is there. Like, the techniques were, uh, were innate in it. Like, you know what I mean? And, uh, and it's tried and trusted stuff with, with teaching. But these are, that, that, like, this, these are things you learn either while teaching or when you're training to be a teacher, you know? And, uh, and they did work, thankfully, yeah. And obviously, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just always amazed at how, like, stuff like this comes up and then they just happen to get the right guy at the right moment. He's in the right frame of mind. He's just happened to have trained as a teacher. He's just happened to have worked as a puppeteer. He's just happened to have been working with young people. They're just, this global pandemic just happens this producer just happens to have this idea that they need to put school on the telly. Like so many things had to come together and happen at the right time for you, for Moon Tour Ray to become a thing, uh, which, well, well, which basically captured the, 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 you know, the hearts and, and minds of the nation, really. Well, uh, do you know what? It's guessed if you say that, right? Because like I was working in Young People's and RTE, like as life as a freelancer, it was completely unsustainable, like, you know what I mean? And of course, let's not forget, RTE got rid of its young people's department. You know what I mean? Like, I was turfed out on my arse at that stage, you know? And, like, and then I went to become a teacher, like, and then even in Mary I, I was the outsider there as well, because I was, I was a puppeteer, I was a bit of a, you know, I'm a big music weirdo, you know what I mean? I'm not a, a cookie-cutter teacher by any means, like, you know what I mean? Not that any teacher necessarily is, but... You know, it's a, it's a conservative job, you know what I mean, by its nature, and that's absolutely fine. So, like, I scraped out of Mary I, and then I'd been turfed out of RTE, and then I was just like, oh, man, I'm up against it here. Do I fit into any mold? And next thing, fucking Cinderella-style pandemic, pandemic comes along, and I'm just plunked into this place. So, I sound very smug now, the way I'm saying that, but I'm, I'm not no, saying no. that. It was super serendipitous and something that I'm very, very grateful for. Like, I met my buddy the other day, and he was like, Man, 2020 is your Cinderella year, right? And I was, <laughs> I was just going, look, I'll take it. I'll take it. You know what I mean? But it's true what you say, and I like the way you're saying it about RTE, because RTE closed down young people's. Uh, and I was trying to explain this to somebody before, or the other day I was talking about, uh, I was doing one of these podcasts, and I was talking to Emma Doran, who's a comedian, about RTE. And I was kind of saying, it's a really tough place to be, like to get a gig, you know, when they're finished with you, they're finished with you. And then I was like, but at the same time, if there's no, it's a weird thing because you can become very like uh, as a person. Uh, when when my show finished up on the on the breakfast show, I was very offended and hurt, and you know I I, I felt it. I was found a hard to deal with and all that kind of stuff. As far as they're concerned, that's job is finished. Move on, you know all that kind of stuff. 
um, there's no hard feelings on their part because if you're the right person for the job in two years' time for something, they won't even think twice about giving you the gig. Do you know what I mean? It's not personal. It's it's interesting that you say that because as a person, you can feel very... I'd imagine when young people's closed down and a lot of people did within RTE, a lot of people I know were very sort of upset and it, you know, it hit them hard and all that kind of stuff. But But then when you're the right guy a couple of years down the line, it's okay, and they'll just go, yeah, just get get him in. He's he was great, you know. So it's never anything yeah. personal. It's hard to get your head around that, you know. It is hard to get your head around it, and then like, and it's the same with, I mean, you know, like it's the same with because it because it's broadcasting because it's something that you're super passionate about. Like, and you mean like a public service broadcasting is something that I'm deeply, deeply passionate about, and I suppose that's where. You know, that's the, that's the artist inside you coming through there because that's your, you're saying like, hey, listen, I have a voice here that I, that I believe is legitimate. And of course, finding that self-belief, like you used the phrase earlier on, finding that self-belief saying like, no, I'm, I can be legitimately here. I have something to say and I have something to contribute in broadcasting is a, is a big leap of faith to have in yourself. And then, you know what I mean, to have that taken away in terms of like, uh, young people's or anything like that. Like, I, yeah, I was, I was really, really hurt by that as well because I just think that young people's broadcasting is very, very important and it's very, it should be at the heart of RTE, like it always is. I mean, like, if you look at the den at the moment, I mean, there you see the absolute heart and soul of RTE is on display and it's so beautiful, like, because it's making this gorgeous connection with people and, like, that's where I would hope that, hope that RTE would learn from this and say, like, well, on a second, like, we completely lost the run of ourselves there like because actually young people's is the most important thing or one of the most important things that we do and um yeah so like i mean so when you're bringing that passion or bringing your voice to that and something that you believe is legitimate something that should be supported and then it's not supported or it's taken away well then that does hurt a lot you know but like you say when they come back you know you you do think beyond the organization or the person that that you know that that made that decision because you're just thinking this is bigger than them it's bigger than me it's it's you know it's huge huge part of the cultural landscape and it's something that um something that i'll always care about you know do you think that uh i mean first of all i just like to say how great it is to to know that uh a certain generation of young people were taught by a hip-hop loving irish-speaking puppeteer from cork <laughs> who kind of has long hair and uh, and a beard? I think that's a gr- that's great. I love that. Um, do you think that RT like because the way you described the doing um, doing the show and doing school on 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 TV, you know, it's slow TV. Do yeah. you think that RTE could learn? Because I know there's and this might be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit but I know in Scandinavia there's this big slow TV kind of movement where they just show a lad chopping wood you know and people will watch that for two hours you know do you think that that kind of way of presenting a subject matter or something uh, can be brought further and made into something for adults or do you think it just works for the kids I don't know I, I do think this was unique and the re- like- can I just tell you the reason I'm asking that is because I feel like we go, f- and especially RTE are going further and further down this kind of like quick bang, smack, hit them hard, hit them quick, yeah. get in, get out, do the thing, get the, you know, say the fast, the funny line, get out. You know, it's too, it's too edited. It's too hard. It's too much, you know, but 
that yeah. could just be me. Yeah, no, I, like I, I, I do agree with you. And let's face it, I, I, um, I don't think they're renowned for their in their innovation in their like you know what I mean. So in that sense, I do think this was this was unique. Um, and I, I and I think I was aware of it as well, because I, I I was taking huge advantage of that creative flexibility, right? So like for example, I'm I sound like I'm majorly toot my own horn now, but I'm just thinking of the frame of mind I was in at the time, right? So like I did this class where I just stared down the lens and I just said like, hey, let's do let's do a John Cage class, right? Let's just all be quiet and listen to your atmospheric sounds, right? So what what do you hear? You know what I mean? And I was just like, you're in your living room, so what do you hear? And I just let the silence drop. And it was just me staring at the lens, just blinking at the lens in silence for a while. So I was just like, this is getting really interesting here. Like we're, I was like, we're getting into Andy Kaufman territory here, man. I was just like, I can do mad stuff, you know? I did other things where I was just like, okay, kids, I'm going to do stuff. And you just, you just mirror me in your living room. So I was just like, we're in really, like, we're playing with the medium here. Like, you know, so like that creative freedom really, like... I was just like, oh man, I can have some great crack with this, you know. <laughs> so, like, but like, there's no like, even after all that, I still wouldn't have any faith in to say like, hey, remember that guy did that experimental TV? Let's get him as a producer. You know, nobody, nobody's going to think that. Like, you know what I mean? Let's get him. Let's get him presenting the Late Late Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's Every, just get him mirroring on the Late Late. Everybody show. watching the Late Late Show. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so at nine o'clock, I need everyone to do a bong. Yeah. And then <laughs> at half past nine, I'll come on and you mimic my movements. Yeah. yeah. The bong isn't yeah. necessary, by the way. The bong isn't necessary, by the way. It's we going don't... to take some participation. It's going to take, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... I'd, love... <laughs> I'd love if Ryan was watching you, was inspired by your stuff and just started saying to the Late Late Show audience, just listen. You know, a bit of mindfulness, you know? Exactly. What is your Friday night sound like? You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you might as well. <laughs> we should. We can do this now on the podcast. We can just tell people to listen to their surroundings. That's a good idea. Yeah, pop out the headphones for a second. Yeah, I've just got. I've just, I've just got a clock in there. I can just hear the back of my 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 drive and the computer running. That's all really. Charlie, my dog is here uh, somewhere, so he might bark if someone comes to the door. But there's, oh, no, one, there's no one else around. There's a, like a car just drove past. That's pretty much it. But it's wonderful. That was, that was a wonderful moment. It's nice to share that moment I'm, with you. I'm having a coffee. I'm trying not to sip too low. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's okay. That's part of the... But I do... I mean, meditation is something that uh, I've been tr I've been practicing. And the thing about meditation is it's called practicing because that's we're, all, we're only ever practicing. We're never doing it right. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the things with meditation, uh, if you listen to certain people, is just to listen to your listen to the surroundings don't be because some people believe you know you need a quiet space you need to shut everything out you need to but it's actually just being uh, you know not to sound too wanky but it's actually just be at one with what's going on around you and if there is a car driving by or if there's a kid walking past your your house or if there's whatever that that's part of the that's part of the sound of your meditation you know and that's okay so yeah. it's just for you to be talking to kids about because we do we do need kids to think about mindfulness without shoving down, it down their throats but just think about it themselves and for you to get kids to just sit and listen and, and would that be would that be normal classroom stuff yeah yeah I, it would yeah it would for me yeah uh, very much so like um because that's that's playfulness like 
You know what I mean? That, like that, that's all. That's all play. You know what I mean? It's none of that is, is hard facts. You know what I mean? It's all something they can do themselves. You know, it's their agents of their own learning there. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I can be quiet and I can do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Or um, like a huge thing for me was like, uh, like I, I love teaching drama lessons. Like, you know what I mean? Because, again, it's that, um, you know, it, it's in the moment and it's all theirs. So like anything that you can teach, especially in that unique circumstance, because they're not there to, um, to, to give you immediate feedback. So it's all about like, you know, this is what you can, like my main thing that I wanted to give up was, this is what you can jump off your couch and do right now. You know what I mean? Or in that case, sit on your couch and just listen. You know what I mean? So it's all about what utilizing their own environment. And then like, that was an, an amazing thing to think about. It was that like, uh, like the range of environments that you're talking to. So like with broadcasting on TV, you're talking to kids in, caravans you're talking to kids in massive houses you're talking to kids in flats you're talking to kids in direct provision you know what i mean you're talking to all these myriad of situations you know what i mean and then so you're trying to design something that fits into that giant inclusive bubble which is like almost impossible definitely impossible but then you're trying to design something that like say okay so whatever your whatever is in your house you're going to find a historical artifact in your house you know what i mean it can be absolutely anything. It can be the clock on the wall. It can be a ball that bounced into your yard. You know what I mean? There's something that has like a story to tell and then you can ask these questions about it. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, it was all about giving them the agency because like we were only on for an hour in a day and then they had the rest of the day to fill. Like, you know what I mean? And, uh, and then we had a huge interactive thing as well. Like, so they were sending in videos and stuff like that. So yeah, it was a very, very creative experience, I gotta say. And uh, yeah, very enjoyable as well. Like. And I think a lot of the adults like it got to a point where the adults were just sitting down with the kids. It wasn't like the adults were just putting the kids, oh, here's here's the hour where I get to do something. You know, it seemed like the adults were just sitting watching as well. Like they were, they were almost enjoying that hour of of uh, respite from the madness. Yeah, yeah. And you know what was a very interesting one was uh, the grandparents and even great-grandparents getting involved. Because uh, we got a few letters from people who used to watch it in nursing homes and um, other grandparents that said, like, wait a second, this is what school is like now? Or, like, and didn't, like, you got, like, we got some very emotional letters that said, like, oh, so teachers can be nice. Wait a second, you can teach and be nice. You can be friendly. And, like, there was this very, uh, like, one of the girls, like, her, her granddad used to watch it. The, the girls that just worked on the production, she was a production manager, Karen, and uh, she says that her granddad is just watching her and just mystified. She's like, this is how you teach now? It's so different to his day. And, uh, and it is like, we learn about it when you're training to be a teacher, that like now you come at from it from a socio-emotional point of view, you know what I mean? You know, the hierarchy of needs and all that kind of stuff. You've got to make kids feel safe. You've got to make them feel good about themselves. You know what I mean? You've got to really kind of emphasize it's centered on them like and uh and that's a different style of learning that a lot of grandparents would have and then like yeah i got one letter into somebody saying like you know what <laughs> kind of like i could have been a contender he was just like i could have been a solicitor or a doctor like if i had nice teachers like but he said i hated school you know and it's just like it's kind of sad you know what i mean because it's a, it's an 80 year old person looking back on their life but it's still amazing that they had just had that little glimpse into it you know again in unique circumstances yeah, it's very interesting that you bring that up because, I mean, my experience of school, I hated school and I had I had terrible teachers and it was all f violence. And, you know, we would we would have gotten, you know, 
slapped around the head a few times and you know it was pretty brutal you know um and and i mean i i went to school in the 80s so i'm not that old you know just in case yeah. you know i'm not that old okay no give me a, give, the same goal, man. give me a break i'm a little bit older than you <laughs> but uh and i often talk about uh i have a I, I i have a play i wrote that i hopefully will be touring in 2021 but part of it is about school and it's about listening to old men on the radio giving out about the young people these days they're too soft you know in inverted commas the snowflake generation they're too soft bring back corporate punishment bring back you know uh the the rod you know spare the rod spare the child spoil the child all that kind of stuff and one of the lines in the play was like ah yeah i'd say that's that sounds like you know and you you know you seem like a pretty normal Round, well-rounded man, apart from the fact that you think that beating up children is okay, you seem like a fairly okay type of person. There is a huge, there's, a, I mean, it's great that you're getting like that eight-year-olds are able to say to you, Jesus, if I had had nice teachers, if I enjoyed school, if I enjoyed learning, things could have worked out differently for me because there's a huge part of, of an older generation in Ireland that believe that young people have it too easy. And, and I, it's a, it's a, it's almost like, um, it's almost like they were in a, an abusive relationship with authority, you know, and now growing old, they, they feel like that was done because they loved me, you know, yeah. they, like our, the, the education system and the authorities in Ireland were, were, the, were the husband and the older men or the wives going, no, 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 they did that because they loved us and they wanted us to be better people. They bet the shit out of us and that was good for us. And now we should be doing, like, it's, I think it's, unbelievably one of the most important things that has happened to this country is that we've broken that cycle of violence of adult on children. Um, yeah. And we've started saying that this is wrong. Uh, and the more we do that and the more we have teachers like you and people watching the television and going, Jesus, this can be done differently and this can be nice and children. It's, it's a good thing that children are aware of stress, anxiety, mindfulness, thinking about themselves. That's all good. What's bad is that we actually thought that being beaten up by adults was good. That's bad. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like absolutely. I totally get it. And I'll give you an example because sometimes, like, I think even my generation has has a has sometimes a tendency to like, oh, remember that. And it's always like remember the most messed up parts of it. And I'll give you an example. Like, I met a buddy of mine at a wedding, right? And I hadn't seen him in years and years and years. And he was a few years ahead of me in school. And he used to have these running battles with uh, this older Christian brother, headmaster, right? And like, this is now we're in primary school, right? And I was like, oh, let And of course, I was holding court. I was telling everybody. I was like, this lad was a legend, right? And one time, the headmaster, he went to hit him like this, and he ducked, and he broke a window. And everyone said, oh, look, that's that legendary window. And then they could never fix the window. And they named the window after the kid and everything like that, right? So like, it was a completely messed up story. like. But I was telling it like, he's a legend, you know? And then... Afterwards, I'm chatting with your man. He goes to me, he goes, do you know what? I'm proud to be the last generation to get slaps. Like, you know, a few slaps never. And I was thinking, no, 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 no. It shouldn't have happened. Like, you know, and like, so I'm, I'm right on that turn of, you know, because even when I went back, like, you know, now, like, and this, this was kind of news to me. Like, I mean, the phrase shut up is completely you cannot say it like and i dropped it 
once or twice in the classroom. Like, hey, will you shut up a second? I'm talking to this person here. And the kids are just like, I remember the first time I said it, it's a kid in Mallow. And she just put her hand up and goes, Hey, you're not allowed to say that in this school. Right? I was just like, well, be quiet, you know. And I remember I said, I said to one kid one time, just down in, uh, oh, down in East Corkfield place, I was sobbing down there. And I said, I'm trying to do this. If you'd shut your trap for two seconds. And I said, he goes, wait, oh, maybe you can't say shut your trap. I'm not so sure. You know, so like, even the kids are like full offended by it. They're just like, oh. And I was like, sorry, just look, could you just keep it down, right? <laughs> so, like, so like, even they're like, oh yeah, I don't, even, we're, even we're a little bit unsure of uh, what you can and can't. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it yeah. is. But it is ultimately a good thing because when you're saying shut up, you're basically cutting someone off at the past, saying like, what, whatever you're saying is illegitimate. Mm. And that's wrong, you know what I mean? You want to say like, look, you, you have something to say and, it's, and I'm, um, I want to hear it, but just not know. You know, you know I mean? but how do I say this? In, how do I say this without saying the obvious? Write down, write down what you want to say, and we we come back to yeah, exactly. it. Right? I need a thesaurus of shut ups. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think doing the veil would probably work. It sounds nice. Exactly. Exactly. It? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Nobody's going to argue with that. Cuneus. Uh But no. But I, I think I just think it's great that this that that with the change and like there's an awful lot of men in their forties and fifties and and later like dealing with de- it's better. Rather than us having to deal with our mental health and go to therapy and get fixed at this stage when we, you know, when we figure out what the problem is or that we have a problem, isn't it best that we don't have those problems in the first place? And do you know what I mean? It's not like it's not like we're bringing up. It's not like we're bringing up a generation of slow flexes that we're just looking after them, which is the way it should be, you know? Absolutely. Ah, yeah. The snowflake thing is bullshit. Do you know what I mean? It's absolutely. You know what I mean? But like. And no, resilience is very important, but like that comes with other parts of your life. You know what I mean? It's not about, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. about being able to cope with getting fucking attacked, like physically attacked by an, a grown adult. Because you know I, I mean? it's <laughs> like funny that it's, it's funny that you said that, because I, I do remember a, a, a brother we had and he, he, he broke his leg. And at one point he went to whack. I don't think it was. It could have been me with the crutch. <laughs> So he just went with the crutch, like almost like a hurl, you know, went to yeah, hit a lad. Yeah, yeah. Your man ducked. I think I don't I think a bit might have been me, but it might have been me. I either I ducked or whoever ducked, and the guy behind the, yeah. the guy behind just just sitting there minding his own business. I got a crutch. Which which is funny that you say that because that was one of the funny stories. We'd be like, ah, he got the crutch in the face and he wasn't even doing that. And and it, it's like now that you say it, it's like Jesus and you know what? Christ. And it is be, it is because of that natural resilience of kids, like you know what I mean. And I mean, mm. like like kids with, and they'll they'll be the same with this thing, the pandemic. Like I I I think as adults, you know what I mean. We're always worried, like oh, you know what I mean. And kids internalizing and anxiety and stuff like that. And re- we should be super super aware of that. But like they will be resilient with this as well. Like kids kids will rise to the challenge. Like you know what I mean. And I think and, that's and, and they, they want to be on the right side of this. They want to be on the side that says, "Hey, when I'm staying at home, I'm staying at home because I'm saving lives. And when I'm going to school, I'm going to school, staying safe. And do you know what I mean? They want to keep their grandparents safe. like the kids, like innately want to do the right thing. They want to be the good guys. Like, do you yeah. know? Well, I guarantee you there aren't. There, like I guarantee you there aren't hundreds of kids marching up to Dublin saying nobody else wear a mask. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so let, maybe let, maybe listen to the kids uh, for 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 once. But you um, like so so you've you've sort of uh, you've been a puppeteer. You you're working young people's. Were you 
like when you made that decision to go back to train as a teacher, were you were you lost or were you was it just all next time for a new adventure? Where were you in yourself? I was I was to be honest, I was kind of like, look, I kind of have to do something. You know what I mean? I like I was I even though it was a very proactive step in my life. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't say that I was lost, but did you feel like? I, had you got because obviously entertainment was your thing, if, you know, so you're involved in music, you're involved in, in, in you're a puppeteer, you're involved in entertainment, you're involved. In, did you get to a point where you thought this is not going to pay the bills or were you just like, I feel like I have a calling? Yeah, well, no, like I like if I, I don't like think of it as a calling. I think people can be very self-righteous about teaching sometimes, you know what I mean? Oh, it's a kind of a vocation or something like that. But no, I think what I, what I was much more, I'm very happy to say, was inspired. Like, an awful lot of buddies of mine know that, like, would have come through, let's say, the indie music scene and stuff like that, especially in Limerick, would be teaching kids through music generation, you know? So, like, people like uh, Steve from Windings know and Give Man a Kick and stuff like that. Uh, people like My Name is John from Russ and Gano Family. Like, they'd be all really close friends of mine, and they all work in education now as well. So I was kind of thinking to myself, and you know that old hip-hop philosophy of, uh, you know, each one teach one and stuff like that? Um, like, and it's all, like, a lot of the work I would have done is very community-related. So even in broadcasting, I would have started out in community broadcasting and would have been very much community-based. So I was thinking to myself, like, right, teaching is something that I know I'll be really good at. And so I, talking to kids is something I know I'll be really good at. So it kind of felt natural to kind of be like, right, it's time to teach the kids now, you know what I mean? But it's, uh, yeah, I was very, I'm lucky to say I was very much uh, inspired by my peers. Um, yeah, like even that, that turntable is now a deviant and naive Ted. He's, a, he's an amazing teacher of kids in outreach and in schools and in all these kind of things. So it's, uh, yeah, no, it was very much inspired. But it was interesting because one of the people that inspired me to do it was Mutor John. Like he was a really good friend of mine uh, who's on the show now. And, uh, and then so I was inspired by him. And there was another guy down in Limerick actually as well. And uh, his name is Shane Corton and he really inspired me as well. And then when I was running into difficulties in Mary I, I was like, man, I don't know if I can, like, I'm, like, they're giving me a lot of grief here. Like, I don't know if I can make it out alive. <laughs> they, I, do, I called the boys and I called Muntor John. He was like, oh, yeah, man, I nearly failed as well. I really, I really shouldn't be in this job. And then I called Shane Gordon. I was like, oh, I'm really in trouble. He was like, yeah, I did fail. And I was like, oh, no, my inspirations of all, are all failed teachers. Oh, you never like, told me this part. Yeah, you never told me about the absolute, absolute heartache. And uh, they're just like, oh, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> like, all right. And uh, so, like, the people that really inspired me most. Uh, but then maybe that's why, because they are kind of outside the box teaching uh, teachers and they are um, they're freaks, you know what I mean? Like, in any, like, like, just like my buddies in the music scene, you know what I mean? It's um, people who are very creative and very uh, engaged in an interesting way. Um, I was just, it just made me think. Um... If I can find it here, uh, the guy who wrote the song Three is the Magic Number. Um, the was original Spoonful, was it? No? Uh, well, the original, if I can just, I'm just going to quickly Google this, um, if I can. Uh, there was a TV, it was a kid's TV show back in the day. And there was a jazz, a jazz composer, right, called Bob Duro. Cool. Uh, he was asked... He was a jazz musician. I don't know if he was a mathematician as well, but he was at, he was approached to write songs to help kids to learn their numbers and maths. And one of the songs he wrote was Three is the Magic Number. 
which was Beautiful. which featured on the TV show, which I can't find now. I mean, it was it was cover uh, it was sampled by uh, Della Soul mm-hmm. that I remember in my generation and many other hip hop artists as well. Yeah, but that was a show that many Americans growing up like that inspired a lot of American musicians, which was basically a jazz musician writing songs about numbers so the kids would remember their numbers and inspired a whole generation of musicians. Like if you talk to a lot of American musicians who are in, who are 40 or 50 or 60, uh, they'll remember this program. And as, as you know, from three is a magic number, that was a sample used by a lot of hip hop artists as well. So maybe yeah. you and your mates need to get in on, start a bit of a sort of a hip hop class room program to inspire the yeah, kids. Man. Yeah, yeah. You need to, you need to do, look into that. Yeah, so my buddies kind of uh, have kind of done that stuff already. Like uh, a buddy of mine, MC Chance, down in Cork, he wrote a song about, it was just about numbers. And it was all like, I'm taking hatchets to fractions and cutting them in two. And I'm counting up the pennies like Shylock the Jew. And I'm, you know, he's all this kind of stuff. And he's like, uh, what was the other one? Um, oh, he had, he had loads of them. He had like, they're written on the walls, on the lottery balls. And I, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just rob his stuff. Ooh, just well, you could collab with him. You know, it's okay. This uh, I've just looked it up. This show was called Schoolhouse Rock, cool. and it, it went from 1973 right up to 2009. And Bob Dura was the artist, so that's that's basically what he did. It was it was called Schoolhouse Rock. So you, yeah. you need to do the Irish version of Schoolhouse but Rock. Sure, listen, man, the, like the creativity in kids. Like, I mean, an awful lot of people are snobby about kids broadcasting, like, but I love it because, like. Like we see with the den at the moment, like kids broadcasting, real deal kids broadcasting isn't bogus. Like, and that's what I'm really getting at. That lack of, um, that lack of self-consciousness, you know what I mean? Throw off the kind of pretentiousness of any broadcasting. But uh, like when you're talking about creativity, like there was this Sesame Street video that blew my mind the other day. And it, was a, it was about healthy eating, right? And it was called Orange is the New Snack. It was all about eating, just about eating oranges, like. And they're all in prison, you know. <laughs> they're all in they're all in prison. And they're like, "Hey, let's let's all be let's all be healthy. Let's have oranges as a snack instead of anything sugary." Yeah, orange is the new snack. I was like, "Man, this is genius!" Like, you know, it's very clever. Yeah, yeah. That's what we need. We just need like just kids shows on all day. RT. Just... <laughs> I'd, I'd be done with that. But because we all like the thing about the den as well, just. to because you mentioned it was that that was a show that was mostly watched by college students and secondary school. It, I mean, it was, it was designed the den because I think Ian, Ian Dempsey was the first presenter, I think. So it was yeah. Demps, Dempsey's den, then the den. It was designed for kids, but it was watched by, because of Zig and Zag and because of Dustin and because of the, you know, it's the, it's the Simpsons thing where the, the kids will get it and the adults will get what they need to get out of it. Um, but that's who was watching. It was, it was, it wasn't, it was mostly adults, you know, Man, um, I have, I have this theory about like pillars of Irish comedy and like the den is absolute, like absolute tent pole of Irish comedy. Like Father Ted is probably another one. You know what I mean? I've just been like our generations go to humor, which like really enriches our lives. Like, because that's where our natural ability to, you know, go zero to absurd in no time at all is it's down to the likes of the den and stuff like that. Like, you know what I mean? The den is so rich and so rich musically. Like speaking as a hip hop fan, 
Like Birthday Rap was produced by DJ Mick. You know DJ Mick? Well, I've heard DJ the name, Mick. yeah. Scary Era and all this stuff in the early 90s. Like he was the ultimate baddest gangster in scratch turntablism. And he was getting busy with Zig and Zag. So like I didn't even, without even realizing it, I was looking at somebody at the cutting edge of hip hop at a time in hip hop's golden era, early 90s, 1991. And he was producing birthday rap with Zig and Zag. Like, man, like we were just getting this huge enrichment, but I don't think we just absorbed it. Like, you know what I mean? And it took me years to realize, wait a second, that was really cutting edge for its time. Like, you know, and like all that Raga Zaga stuff. And then, you know what I mean? That led into Shaggy and Apache Indian. But I was like, man, I've been listening to this stuff five years ago because Zig and Zag used to be shouting this down the lens at me. Like, you know, like, Zeke with his like, come now, selector, and all this kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, that's just what you do. You just jump up and down and do a Jamaican accent. You know what I mean? It's just like, it was so rich musically. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the boys are geniuses, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, it is so rich, you know? I think my favorite song was, uh, I don't know what album it was on. <laughs> I don't know which Zig and Zag album it was on, but it was the one, the, a Tijuana Gypsy stole my personal stereo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was the most... <laughs> <laughs> like sure, like like surely that's surely that's a, a, a head nod to um I lost my wallet in El Segundo by uh, a tribe called Quest. You know what I mean? And surely, like, the, like I, I they have this joke right? I've, I've, man, once you get into the weeds now with uh, Zig and Zag, I'm all over this. Right? Okay, like, they, I, they have this beautiful joke that I love, right? And it's on one of those tapes. It's on um oh, what's the tape called? Uh, Never mind the Zogabans, right? <laughs> So it's <laughs> it's uh, it's, uh, it's called I'm an alien skateboarder from outer space, right? Now Zag is a massive metal fan in real life. Did he was he with you in Phantom? I thought he was in Phantom. I don't Mick O'Hara Zag. Like. I don't think he was with me, but I think he was. I think he, maybe in Pirate Years. Yeah, possibly. I was there for the Pirate Years as well, but I don't know. All right, yeah. We never really met the other presenters because it was all illegal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, but he was a, so he's a massive metal fan and um, oh yeah so this one uh, I'm an alien skateboarder from outer space and it's all like oh, I'm an alien and so there's a heavy metal riff going on right? and uh, he's like I'm an alien badass alien skateboarder from outer space ah, I'm terrorising your cul-de-sac ah, I'm flying up and down he goes but I, I'm alright because I've got my helmets on and my knee pads on and I've got these new elbow pads and ah, I'm terrorising and then he's like so I do this, and this thing right at the end of the song Zig is banging on the studio booth and he's just like, Zag, what are you doing in there? So he's gone from an alien skateboarder to being like, stop, leave me alone. And he goes, are you playing with your Barbie dolls in there? And he's like, yeah, I am, but you can't see him because Barbie's getting married to Ken next week. Right? And that's it. It's the end of the song. And I'm just like, it's beautiful. Like, and, Z and like, everyone is happy. Everyone's just, you know, they're just, he's got this fantasy thing going on, but he's actually a big softy who loves playing with dolls. And that's fine. And Zig doesn't care. And Zig, Zig, I was just like, everyone's happy. Like. Everyone's been, everyone's an idiot and everybody's happy. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's beautiful. Like they're, they're geniuses. So unbeknownst to us, we were being heavily influenced by hip hop artists and metal artists and music fans and alternative, alternative heads were on our television screens every day growing up. We didn't, I did not Man, know they're that. They're so subversive. Like they're seriously subversive. And sure, Dustin's humor at subversion, my God, like it's unbelievable. He just hits you with a plank. You know what I mean? Of subversion. <laughs> like a plank, like, a plank yeah. of a two by four, I think, usually is his, is his weapon of choice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, was so, it was so funny. Like, I remember when I started in RTE, 
there was a we had this compliance meeting, right? So like stuff you can and cannot say. So I went along to it and I was like, oh, yeah, grand, you go along to this. And your man's like, you can't say this, no, you're going to have to say that. And I was like, I put my hand up and I was like, well, what about when Dustin said that? And he was like, uh, Dustin, Dustin, no, and I was uh, over here, so don't mind Dustin. And then blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, what about the time Dustin said that? He was like, and so eventually he got sick of me asking. And he goes like, look, Dustin walked the line, okay, and he walked it with a plum. And I was like, no, he didn't. Dustin didn't walk any line. Dustin was just built his house on the, about four miles on the far side of that line. And that's where he lives and everybody loves him. And he's like, all right, look, Dustin is just a law unto himself. <laughs> the compliance officer in RTE. <laughs> I think I've been with I was I've been in those meetings with that guy and I could just imagine <laughs> that conversation. <laughs> uh, right, what's the what's the plan then? What's the ha- what's happening with the school and what's happening with with RTE and what are the plans? Are there plans? There are no plans. There are no plans. I think like I was meant to be back teaching in October. Uh, at the moment, the plan is to go back teaching in January. Um, so yeah, I'm going to head back to, I'm, to be honest, I'm exhausted. I've worked my arse off this year. Yeah. So I just need weeks off. And I think everybody is exhausted by rule in, um, like in, uh, in December, 2020. So like everybody just needs to chill out, I think for Christmas. And that's certainly what I need to, we need to switch off for a while and be like, Phew, all right. And see how we're fixed in January. Like, you know what I mean? But at the moment there's no major plans, but there's no worries. You know what I mean? It's nice for the first time in my life to have options in terms of like working in TV or teaching and stuff like that. So um yeah i'll just see how it goes you know what i mean no panic and when you say chill out now for christmas are you literally not going to do anything or like i mean yeah. I, you, I, you you strike me as the type of guy who's who has fingers in a few different pies but are you yeah. literally just not going to do anything for a few weeks well no i'll inevitably do something what, what i what i want to do is basically when i decide to do something that i feel like i have the brain energy to do it yeah you know or do it in a happy way you know what i mean not not like oh I have to go do this now. You know what I mean? So that's what I, I just want to get back to the, the bit where my brain has energy to do things again. You know? Actually, it just occurred to me, were you inspired to become a puppeteer because of Zig and Zag or was that just... Oh, very much so. Okay. Very much so. Hugely influenced them by them, you know? And I, I wouldn't mind, but like, as I went more down the rabbit hole and more found out about who they were and like what they did and more thought about what they did, I, um, I realized just how just how rich it was you know what i mean and like it's um it's no surprise to me you know just to, to see like the amount of love they, they they command like you know what i mean um so yeah it's a uh, yeah it's uh, like and uh, but the key is music like i mean yeah. like, i watched it in last night dustin pretended to be meatloaf with una healy and it was absolutely the funniest thing that you're going to see on tv all week like it was outrageously funny because the boys they don't give a like there's not a hint of self-consciousness and you see the guests that come on all of a sudden any pretentiousness or self-consciousness that they have is gone as well it's it's that's what makes the most gorgeous experience like everybody just completely lets their guard down when they're on tv or if they're on tv with them like you know what i mean and it's just it's just it's where it's at like and it's 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 the it's it's the real deal beautiful beautiful broadcasting like, it's brilliant you know and it makes you feel good like you know great well listen I hope RT give you give you carte blanche to do something to come up with something <laughs> do some Andy Kaufman shit yeah with puppets yeah you know? yeah yeah I'd yeah, be yeah. I'd be watching that <laughs> eleven o'clock on a Monday I'd just be sitting at home on my own <laughs> yeah give me the morning slot yeah yeah <laughs> following your movements. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, listen. Uh, best of luck with everything. I really appreciate you chatting to me, and it was good to meet you. You're you're going to be you're you're a whole ge- you're a generations. You're zig and zag to a generation. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, you're, you're, um, well, hopefully, I can be as weird or as interesting as them. Moonshot Ray for a generation. They'll they'll always remember that. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, it's lovely, uh, man. Like I say, I have no complaints. You know what I mean? But to them, no. Thanks a million for coming on. I love. Thank. I like talking broadcasting. I can talk broadcasting all day. I'm really passionate about it. Like you know what I mean. So it's great to, to to chat to somebody else like yourself and a phantom head, of course, as well. Like phantom, huge for me. You know what I mean? Absolutely massive. Great. Um, yeah. So Good. Keep it, keep it real, I suppose. Yeah, you too, and uh, keep it real down there. I mean, uh, the Ross and Gano family are a great great asset to the Irish. Oh, listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, to Ireland there's some just some I mean like there's a guy here I interviewed him for the podcast called JLOL oh yeah uh, he's well. lived and he's living in Newbridge at the moment uh, but um, he just released his new album and it's just fantastic it's like it's just to hear that kind of that quality of hip hop and uh, uh, coming out of Ireland uh, and all that, like it, it, but, but, but like I think it's very hard because there's so much going on and it's only when I speak to people like you or speak to, because even working in Phantom, like, as you said, like, even with Phantom, we're alternative, but we're still, we're still up there with regard to what's actually happening underground and in the counties. And like, I, I've only recently started realizing like they're serious. Like you can go to Limerick and see like, there's a whole music scene just in Limerick or like, Actually, when I was growing up, when I was when I was young in school here, we we felt like we lived in Newbridge in a town, and there was five bands in Newbridge playing grunge, you know, and we yeah. felt like we had a scene. But there's so much going on in Ireland, and there's so much stuff bubbling just underneath the surface, um, and it doesn't get people don't know about it. People aren't aware of it. Uh, oh, and and that's thing, it's it's so rich, it's so dense. Like that's that's why I love my radio show, man, because like. You know, because you need to be motivated to dig in, like, you know what I mean? And, like, you know, you get it from trusted sources in as well. But, yeah, and it's always scenes within scenes. Like, yeah, the Limerick rap scene is just manky at the moment. Mm. It's so good, like, it's... Uh, and the yeah, guys, so like, uh, there's there's the serious rap scene in Sligo as well. Oh, yeah, this side up. Oh, man. This side the up? Unreal. Yeah, what a yeah, great... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Billy Nomads, what a song, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and sure, but all the Sligo, it's like Sligo is weird, man. Sligo is like Galway in the 80s or something. No, like, you know, just weird, like weird graffiti and stuff. And you're just like, even when I'm just sniffing around as an outsider, I'm just like something funky happening in this town. Like. But there's something about Sligo that's a little bit cut off from the rest of the country. Like it's got its own ecosystem and they're just like yeah. doing their own thing. And then and then you find out about, you know, as an outsider, you find out about like Billy Nomads as a song and that band. And you're like, what? The, how can... How are they just, where do they come from? When I, yeah. when I finished up on the breakfast show on 2FM and obviously I, they put me on weekends and I was on my own and I didn't have Jen, I didn't have Bernard and I did my first show and the first song I played was Billy Nomates. And uh, that, was, that was a moment for me because <laughs> there I was on my own without my friends doing radio. <laughs> that was the Billy Nomates. And it was a part- let me know, let me know, let me know. Oh, I love it. It's such a feel-good tune. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, they're beautiful men, those, those this side up lads, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's, there's just so much, I mean, there's so much stuff up there. I, you know, you wish it could all get a bit, of, a, bit of, a bit of an airing, a bit of coverage, a bit of whatever. But sure, look, that's just the way, the way things are. And uh, sometimes we get, we get our moments in the limelight and sometimes we don't and that's life so you gotta go for it man. and that's why fair play to you man doing the podcast thing like yeah look i i'm might as well why not 
I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing the world needs more of is podcasts. Yeah, well, it's amazing. Like, it's just, it just, like, I mean, the the verbals. Like, I mean, we've just got an insatiable thirst for verbals. Like, it's well, just I, a beautiful thing. Like. I know I said I was going to let you go, but just briefly, because I'm still recording. This is all going out. <laughs> Tommy and Hector's uh, podcast. I don't know if you've listened to it yet. I haven't heard it yet. No. But you should listen to it. I mean, that has done over half a million listeners. I mean, they must be getting close to a million listens at this stage. Half a million listens in the space of, they launched that a couple of months ago. I don't know, two, it might be two, three months old, not even. Yeah. And there is, so, so it's Tommy, it's Hector, it's a girl called Loretta Blewett, and they're sitting in uh, Tommy's shed talking, and they've got their stories, and they're reacting to stories. And, that, and everybody in Ireland has listened to that. Well, mo- Lots of people in Ireland are listening to it. Like, yeah. like half a million listens already is huge for a podcast. It's yeah. just like through the roof, which is brilliant because it's bringing people into the podcast world. It's making people find out how to listen to a podcast. So it's great for everybody. But it's just like, that's what <laughs> I feel like saying, you know, to, to, to radio producers and makers and whatever. And, you know, something harking back to what you were saying about slow television and, and trying to convince a producer, this will work. Just trust me. I will just talk to the camera and it will work. Yeah. We like conversation. We're a little bit different than the English. We're a little bit different, you know, than the Americans. We're a little bit different than the Europeans. We like conversation. We, maybe we like a bit of slow TV. Maybe we just like to tease things out. Maybe we like a bit of awkwardness. Maybe not everything has to be really slick and, and uh, you know, and, what, and, and managed and produced to within an inch of its life. Maybe that's okay. And I do hope that with things like your show and the school and Tommy and Hector doing so well, that TV makers and radio makers might go, Oh, this is what Irish people want. Okay, yeah. so we don't have to make every link five seconds long. Ah, okay, we have a little bit of time see, to breathe. But you see, that, that's because, like, you know, you're making a podcast, but you're working on instinct. Like, mm. I mean, Tommy, Tommy and Hector and Lorita, what they're doing is very instinctive. Like, you know what I mean? And that's that's what people are reacting to. Yeah, you know, people aren't reacting to a produced show. Like Tommy with his chat show, his groundbreaking chat show on TV, is his instinct. Yeah, you know that's his creative instinct like you know what i mean yeah. and that's what people are reacting to you know they're because yeah like because and i suppose once there is a podcast culture it's very hard to go back like you know what i mean so yeah and it's the live element real. as well yeah keep it real that's it keep it real <laughs> thanks right yeah we don't say it enough like <laughs> no i'm only i'm only really 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 realizing what it means uh, not a matter Thanks, man, and take care, and uh, talk to you soon. Great stuff. Cheers. Thanks for coming on. Good luck. Bye. 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 Good luck, man. There you go. Ray Cuddy, Muntur Ray, uh, from the School Hub on RT. Got a lot of families and kids through lockdown. And at the end, we were talking about uh, podcasts and Tommy and Hector and Loretta's podcast. And, uh, yeah, just talking about how that's that's where people are going now, and that's what they want to hear. And uh, yeah, enjoyed uh, enjoyed the chat with uh, with Ray. Very, very honest and open uh, young man. Uh, refreshingly honest and open. So that's it. That sounded like I was going to say like that's the last one. It's not, but it's the last one of twenty twenty. It's been, it's been a year. Am I going to do one on New Year's Eve? I might throw one out New Year's Eve. Hang on a second. I'm going to say goodbye. Let's pretend this is the last one and then of 2020. And then if I do it uh, on New Year's Eve, I'll uh, do the exact same things I'm doing now. It's been a crazy year, but a lot of good things have come from it. 
Uh, try not to dwell on the bad things too much if you can. Um, my sympathies are with you if you found it tough. But look, we have a new year, a new dawn, a new start, a new opportunity. Uh, let's try and put the, the weirdness and the madness and the horribleness and and um, the destruction the 2020 brought us. Let's try and put that behind and, and move on if we can. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. It was born out of necessity or... Um, I suppose lockdown and leaving RTE, all that kind of stuff, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I saw a guy on Twitter giving out about there being too many podcasts. Yeah, well, you know, fuck you. Uh, this is, I, you know, there's no expectation of the podcast from me. If people like it, they they like it, and thank you very much. And I really do appreciate it, obviously. But it's just for me. It's it's. I enjoy the process of doing it. I enjoy talking to these people, and. Uh, if I can put a podcast up, it's not going to cost me anything. I will. And it's my, this is what I do. You know, I mightn't do it. Um, I mightn't do it as well as I could, but the more I do it, the better I'll get. And uh, so I'm going to keep doing it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Leave a comment or, well, I just said that review. Um, and you can always email the show, keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or keithwalshpod at gmail.com. Um, thanks for listening. Have a great 2021. And if you're thinking of going to a party on New Year's Eve, maybe just give it a miss and stay at home. The old numbers, the COVID numbers aren't looking great. Um, that's it. Good luck. Good night. Thanks for listening. I think I said that already. I'm just stop talking. I will. Any second now, I will stop talking. <laughs>